congratulations to the Navy midshipmen. I can't find no more. I can't find no more. Army, for the second year, has won it. To the winners of the Commander-in-Chief's Trophy, the great Air Force all right welcome to another episode of the against all enemies podcast we are excited to be back with you here in week 10 i believe of the college football season and it's a big week we have air force army football this weekend second leg of the cic trophy before we get to that being kind of our biggest game of the week for our three teams let's uh let's recap this past weekend um so we're gonna we're gonna go through that we got austin we got kayla we got scott and i'm justin mears your moderator for for the AE podcast so um yeah, let's start. We'll just go like in order of the games that that they were played. So, uh, Army, San Jose State. Did anybody catch uh, catch any of that game? I caught a good bit of it as much as I could stomach. It's just like, come on, Army. Yeah, yeah, Kayla. I know you were at drill this weekend, so um, you didn't catch it live. Um, but any thoughts after having watched the the replay? Yeah. It's- it's interesting. So I've, you know, looking at uh, kind of the game highlights and looking at the box score, and I also trying to compare it because uh, we know kind of noted this last week is, you know, it was such a blowout game when they played, but they didn't have, you know, this this weapon, uh, Josh last Love, year, right? Yeah, last year. Um, and so it's amazing to see kind of one. I think all the mistakes that kind of Army made, though I feel like it was a winnable game for them, but also, too, how much San Jose has improved. Um, You know, they nearly doubled their kind of average yards um, kind of totaling since last year. Um, And and same thing with their passing attempts. And I think when you talk about, you know, this quarterback, you know, Josh Love, I think he put a lot of pressure um, on Army, which kind of we noted was going to happen, but also – we had so many injuries. We had our third string quarterback in, which, you know, Anderson, props to him. He made a, a, this awesome, you know, 33-yard touchdown run. But at the same time, you know, we have injuries upon injuries. We've got guys coming out. Um, just from me trying to put all the pieces together, uh, it just kind of seemed like the team was, like, slowly, slowly sort of falling apart uh, near the end of the game. Um, and now I'm wondering, one, who the heck is going to start? Uh, against Air Force Um, and even if we have you know a a projected starter they're not going to be specifically and and, and totally you know healthy uh, going into that game Um, so I I have a lot of I think I have more questions um, than answers at at this point yeah I think most Army fans probably do at this point of the (laughs) season Um, I mean I think that's a good point about the QB rotation for anybody that did watch the game um, Jabari Law has actually started the game um, Calvin Hopkins came in on that first drive and Laws was back out there. Then eventually Laws gets hurt. Then eventually Hopkins gets hurt and Christian Anderson comes in. Um, I think he played actually played pretty well. Um, and he played pretty well against Morgan state, which was army's last victory, um, against, you know, the FCS Jeez. opponent there. And yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been, <laughs> been a little bit, right. It's four game losing streak. October was not a kind month, uh, to the black Knights. That's for sure. Um, but I mean, it was, it was a tough game. 
Um, they definitely were in it the whole time. It fell, fell behind, you know, a little bit um, once it kind of turned to the fourth quarter, and they were definitely down, obviously, at halftime, you know, 23 to 10. And then there was that, uh, I don't know if y'all saw that crazy touchdown that the San Jose State um, player made. That was a pretty amazing catch in the back of the end zone. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was uh, obviously not beneficial for, for Army. And, but, you know, Anderson was able to bring them back in it. But, I mean, it is definitely now just kind of – I mean, even though they were in it the whole time, it's just, it just seems like it's been the past few weeks where, like, it's not like they've been getting blown out. They've been in these games. Um, but it never felt like they were in control. It never felt like the, they really had the momentum. It never really felt like they were going to – take the game and they didn't um and i don't know if scott if that's how you kind of felt watching the game as well yeah it stinks that you know they had injuries in the quarterback position i think a really big strength of army when like you said is getting getting that momentum is letting kelvin hopkins run the offense and run it efficiently and so just to run down those stats that i love to talk to you guys about the team stats army actually controlled those pretty well they controlled the possession of the game for 39 minutes um, they did pretty well on first downs. They had 28 first downs total, 11 for 17 on third down, two for four on fourth down. Um, what really hurt them, they had a lot of penalty yards, um, nine, nine penalties for 74 yards. I believe it was and that, three penalty, three penalties on first downs after kickoffs. Like, yeah. And we had to get out there on the field. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, I don't want to make a blanket statement and say that that's necessarily, oh, it's just, um, you know, discipline, but that's something that you can't give up when you're a team like army. Like you, you can't be giving up penalties when your margins are razor thin and you're just trying to pound the ball. Um, I will say that the defense that didn't look great, Josh love and props to Kayla for saying that they're an improved team and they are improved in a lot of ways, but Josh love, he plants his feet and throws the ball and that's it. He throws the ball a ton, 31 times, 20 for 31 was able to throw 314 yards, uh, and three TDs, but you gotta get back into the backfield if you're the defense. He only ran the ball once and got one yard. He's not a very mobile quarterback, um, and that's that's really tough. Maybe they deal better with more mobile quarterbacks, and and maybe the offensive line for San Jose State really is just improved. But they're in a really tough spot, and obviously we're gonna get to um, we're gonna get to the preview for Army Air Force. But I, I think they're gonna show up for that. I, I think that they have to figure out what they're gonna do with the quarterback situation. And I know that also service academies, it's harder, in my opinion, to plan for injury to come up with every possible scenario when you're a service academy because you just don't have the time. Yeah. Um, and I kind of have that opinion that maybe they weren't prepared for that necessarily with Kelvin Hopkins go to, to go down, even though they had laws starting the game. But you're just not as prepared, and we saw that a little bit with uh, when when Donald Hammond got hurt, and then in, in against uh, Boise State, and then obviously it's been okay with Hawaii. But I mean that's kind of a one in a million shot that you're going to have a guy like Mike Schmidt come out and have the performance that he did. So a um, lot of lot, yeah, a lot of questions. Um, not something that I love to see, even as an Air Force fan, this kind of performance, um, and just a lot of question marks for this week that I, I think they'll be able to answer. Yeah. I don't think it's it's you know, a kill shot. I think on the defensive side, one thing we actually talked about early on before the season started was the back, you know, seven was going to be amazing for Army. Um, but what were we going to get from... I never said that. Well, I did. I mean, I, I compared their <laughs> defensive backfield to Air Force's defensive backfield. And with Jalen McClinton healthy, I still think you can make a case, you know, with Elijah Riley, him and uh, and uh, Bordeaux, you know, back there. And, and the linebacking core was going to be solid, not as good as their defensive backfield, but... 
up front was kind of the question mark that I'm trying to actually give you a compliment to, to say that I think that was a good point, Scott, uh, about getting pressure in the backfield because there's been hardly any of that, you know, for a large part of the season for Army. Um, and a lot of that, I think, comes back to defensive line play. Austin, did you have any thoughts? I know you didn't watch the game, but. Yeah, did, did, I didn't able to watch it live. I was actually uh, on the beach for an awesome air show, which is like my wife and my son's favorite thing to do, which is funny. Like for, email, for me, I, I would probably rather sit there and watch football, but at the <laughs> beach for an air show was, I guess, not a bad place to be either. Um, but I was trying to check on my phone as much as possible. I actually took a screenshot at one point when San Jose State was up 17-7. I saw that uh, ESPN FBI still had Army with like a 57% chance to win. And we kind of addressed it last week. It was almost like, when are we going to start believing like this is what Army is? You know what I mean? And we keep like saying, ah, well, they're going to turn around. They're going to figure it out. Because they are kind of always in these games. And it's almost like you know, the numbers behind however makes this FPI uh, win probability. I was thinking the same thing, right? Army's down by 10, but uh, there's still a probably a good chance they're going to come back and win this game. And it just hasn't manifested itself that way. And Scott touched up on it. When you look at the box score, you look at that and you can almost jump out and say, yeah, Army may have won that game. But I think what's deceptive in there is they had two turnovers on downs, so that doesn't show up in the box score. Uh, and then they put 71 yards together on that final drive to score the touchdown to make the game even yeah. closer. So yeah. a good chunk of their yardage was, I don't know, it's not garbage time, but I'm sure it was soft coverage, right? Kind of uh, letting Army get dink and dunk, whatever may have happened. Um, but... Yeah, it's it's it reminded me a little bit of what was happening, or so far this season has reminded me a little bit of what happened with Navy last year, in terms of the game. Like aside from a couple games, Navy was you know was obviously blown out. But I was at the Navy UCF game last year, and we weren't blown out. I mean, it was we always I think we were always within two scores, and it was just kind of like always chasing it. It was never like the cleanest, but you never felt like Navy was in control. And you mentioned that earlier too. Like Army's just been unable to be in control. They've been competitive. The games are close but they haven't been able to put it together yet. And I, I guess that's their identity. That's 2019 Army football. And yeah. I think that's kind of right, the yeah. opposite of, no, you're fine. I think kind of when I was just scrolling through um, just kind of 2018 scores and looking, and I think for some, um, if not a majority of Army fans, that might be that frustration is it seems like this season we haven't seen a complete game um, from all of Army's units. And, you know, in, in last season you could, see kind of them getting ahead by two or three touchdowns um, and having this double-digit lead, and it kind of seemed like you, they got the momentum going, and it not obvious that it would, it would be a win, but you had that this kind of, you know, positive reinforcement that it was definitely going to happen, and now it's kind of they're trucking along until the last, um, this game, and, you know, the last game um, against Georgia State. Just It was just an interception that took this victory, uh, or possible victory away from them, so it seems like they're kind of... Um, you know, not kind of this outright winner that I think a lot of Army fans would like to see kind of early on. And, and I don't know if I, it, that's just we're not seeing a complete game from, from both sides uh, of the line from this team. So one of the biggest things, I think, and, and we're obviously going to talk more because we're going to talk Air Force Army, um, hopefully kind of the second half of the podcast and focus on that. Um, but one of the biggest things has to be, and I'm curious to get your guys' thoughts, you know, the loss of Jay Bateman for Army and the, the gain of Brian Newberry for Navy and just kind of what you can what you can see between yeah. those two things, right, and the importance of coaching and, and, uh, and, and your staff and what a difference, like, a, a really, really good coordinator does. And that's not to say that Los isn't doing, you know, uh, his best 
uh, obviously at Army, but it's, I, I don't know. I think that's an important observation to make between the two seasons. Not that that's everything, but but the loss of Bateman certainly hurt um, for, for Army going into this year. I completely agree. I think that it even manifests itself, that truth does, uh, when you look at Air Force. Because I've, I've talked about how I believe in this coaching staff, but at the same time, we lack a certain je ne sais quoi when it comes to, I think, leadership a little bit. And I think Troy Calhoun has maybe a little bit of an identity problem at this point. But at the same time, he's been able to. Like I said, where I still kind of stand behind him is his ability to recruit and his ability to bring in coaches with good experience. So we have a lot of young talent, uh, guys who have played in Super Bowls, guys who have been with Power 5 programs, guys who played at the Academy. And so I think that having that that um, Newberry kind of thing is something that really pushes Navy over the top. And I think that, that was a huge loss for Army to lose Jay Bateman. And, um, yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I think that coaching is a big thing. Coaching and recruiting have, have really proven to be huge uh, for these service academies this year. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, the Army's now 3-5, and five, and like I said, we're going to talk – more Army because we're going to talk Army Air Force, and that's obviously our big um, big game this week that we'll be watching. We'll actually have a contributor there. Joe Kramer is going to be there at the game um, in Colorado Springs, so he's excited for that, and it's going to be a good thing. But uh, before we get to that, um, let's let's continue our recaps, and we'll knock out Navy before taking a break. Um, so, you know, probably the uh, probably the most exciting game for the service academies um, this past weekend, as far as the way the game played out. Um, Navy and Tulane. Navy, welcome Tulane to Annapolis. Tulane came in with one conference loss, you know, at five and two, getting blown out by Memphis the week prior, and their only other loss in a pretty competitive game against Auburn. Um, Navy, their only loss being to Memphis as well. Um, and you know, it was just—I mean, the first quarter, first quarter, and a little bit of the second quarter couldn't have gone any better, right? for Navy and that it was three drives, three touchdowns, all the touchdowns by Jamel Carruthers, all untouched. Uh, he wasn't touched by a single defender on any of those three touchdowns. Um, and then got a field goal as well to go up 24, nothing. Um, you knew Tulane, you know, was a good squad. We, we had JP on from fear the wave last time and we knew Justin McMillan um, was going to bring it the grad transfer from LSU. And eventually, you know, uh, he did. And he ended up, you know, he had a couple of picks on the day, uh, one of which was a pick six, which, Proved huge in the game from Diego Fago. Um, but he ended up with a respectable stat line of 20 for 29 for 290 yards, three touchdowns, and two picks. And so he got got Tulane back in the game. Um, but that that interception return for a touchdown by Fago um, to go to to get Navy up 31 to 14 at the half, and then a missed field goal by Tulane as well. Um, really put them in a good position up 17. And they would obviously need all of that as it was completely flipped on the, the second half where uh, where Tulane um, outside of their first possession, in which McMillan threw an interception to McMorris, um, the sophomore cornerback for Navy. Outside of that first possession, it was like the opposite, like three punt, three, you know, two punts and an interception for Navy and three touchdowns for Tulane on back-to-back drives, and all of a sudden it was a 31-31 game. Um, and, and then we had swapping touchdowns uh, between Navy and Tulane to get it 38 apiece. And then, yes, of course, we all know Bijan Nichols, the freshman sensation the plebe uh, kicker for Navy um, stepped in and kicked the game winner um, to give Navy the, the 41-38 victory. So, I mean, huge win for the mids. Um, 
huge momentum in the AAC West race. Obviously, still need Memphis to lose another game, but Memphis has a really tough schedule left still with both SMU and Cincinnati on the schedule. Um, so, I mean, maybe, maybe sitting really good. And it was just, I mean, it was an exciting game. We've talked about this kind of rivalry with Tulane and how close the games are, and this one lived up to the hype yet again. Um, and what can you say about Carruthers ended up with four touchdowns um, and and just, you know, a, a great win. Great win for Navy. Shouldn't Probably shouldn't have gotten back to as close as it did, um, you know, with the chance to go to overtime there. But, you know, super happy for, for Navy to pull that one out. So, um, that's my recap. Austin, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you hit it all. Uh, and I think about it, one, one thing I think you mentioned before in previous podcasts, but may have not mentioned it here, is uh, specifically regarding the players who kind of contributed the most. When you talk about Carruthers and uh, Nichols, and you talk about uh, Diego Fago with the pick six and Michael McMorris' Michael McMorris's interception, what do those guys have in common? three sophomores and a freshman, right? I mean, we talk about young guys contributing and they're finding ways, which is if you're a Navy fan, that's got to make you feel pretty good and even more optimistic. Talking about the Brian Newberry thing earlier in the last recap, same thing, like he hasn't recruited any of these players. He's kind of plugging and playing and it's working. It's working really well and it's really impressive. Uh, so when you get into the stats and the numbers, uh, you've covered up a lot of them. One thing that Brian Newberry likes to do is, I think, I don't know what he exactly calls it, but he wants to get uh, six, it's called the big six or something like that, and it's three and outs, uh, turnovers, turnovers on downs. Um, uh, if he can get six of those in a game, then I think it's he's pretty comfortable with running a defense that's going to contribute to a win. And so they were able to get exactly that with the missed field goal, missed field goal two interceptions, and three, uh, three and outs. But... If there's any cause of concern, yeah, Tulane scored 24 points in their last four possessions. It did seem like the tide shift, and that was a similar thing that happened against Memphis. Is that a um, pun? What's that? What, was my, what did I say? The tide shifted. Hey! I mean, yeah. I think that wasn't even intentional. Huh? It's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. All these nautical jokes are good. Um, but, but yeah, but they did hold Tulane to just 187 rushing yards. I made the joke with JP on the podcast last week that what was the secret to beating Tulane? You had to hold them under 300 yards rushing. He was like, yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, if you can keep them. And it was like, hey, Justin McMillan, you're going to have to beat us in the air, right? Like, you could tell that was kind of the thought process. Um, and <laughs> excuse me. And yeah. he, he was doing that. Like, he was doing well with that. But it was like, if you're going to lose to Tulane, that's how you're going to lose to Tulane, right? Make Justin McMillan throw the ball. One thing I found pretty interesting when I compared, you said – 2019, so he was 20 of 29 for 290 yards, three touchdowns, and two picks. Last year, in the one-point victory for Tulane, he was 18 of 29 for 291 yards with three touchdowns and one pick. So almost identical numbers except for the difference of one pick. And if you want to pick one pick that makes a difference, it was Diego Fagos. Oh, yeah. And I mean, so, that I mean, that's, that's the difference between winning and losing, essentially, between last year and this year. You know what I mean? Like I, That's how competitive yeah. this game is every year. Yeah, and it wasn't the, the momentum didn't shift in the second half. I mean, it, it had already shifted in the second quarter when mm-hmm. they had gotten two touchdowns. So that that pick six was huge um, to extend that that advantage, um, absolutely for sure. And and I think to your point about what you brought up about the rushing yards with JP and um, the way the game played out, uh, a little bit you know interesting. Uh, I feel like as far as the way Tulane tried to come in and establish the run, that's what they want to do, right? And like Navy was able to shut that down. Um, and you kind of wonder maybe a little bit if they came in a little more pass happy from the beginning and, and didn't waste those first three possessions, essentially just trying to uh, to establish the run, you know, two runs and then an incomplete pass uh, on the first drive. 
uh, a run, a short pass, and then an incomplete pass on the second drive, um, and then two runs and a sack on the third drive. So they were really, I mean, you could just tell watching the game, they were trying to establish a run. Eventually it didn't happen. They shifted, made McMillan um, drop back and pass more, and, and it worked. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it, huge win, no, no doubt about it for Navy. Um, any, oh, any other thoughts from Scott or my, my last thing on it before I let, sorry, is I meant to say this too, is I was kind of surprised that like the slots were really not involved. It was really a lot of Malcolm Perry following the fullback or the fullback. Dot. Like it just seemed, I mean, it was working for the most part, but I mean, the slot backs were really not a factor in the running game. So One thing that I think is really kind of interesting, and I brush it off when you guys brought it up initially, and this was pre-Air Force Navy, um, just how they're, how Navy and Air Force's seasons are kind of mirroring each other in a lot of ways. Like, we had a loss to Boise State, Navy had a loss to Memphis, and now this week, um, Navy was able to beat Tulane, who's kind of one of those teams that, if you're, if you're kind of faces away from the microscope of the AAC, you might not think much of a team like Tulane, but the, the truth is, is that they're really, really good, and it's, it's kind of similar in that same way. Uh, to where Utah State, if you're not a really a Mountain West fan, if you focus mostly on Power 5, you wouldn't really think much of them. But they're a quality team, and to be able to pull out a win is a really big thing. Um, the biggest thing that I saw, like if I had to, nail it, to dial it into one takeaway, it's Navy's offensive line. I mean, like you said, they were Carruthers was completely untouched on his touchdown runs. And it's just, you'll see, when you'll see these these running plays up the middle, it's like a tiny bit of daylight. It's completely sustained, and then they just break away and they're gone. And that, to me, is just the offensive line completely doing their job, um, not not worrying about what's going on with the run, and just taking their man head on um, and allowing the plays to develop. So, big props to them. Um, and again, like one thing that I have to mention about Malcolm Perry is he doesn't have these crazy stat-heavy games. I mean, two for seven passing, 68 yards. His running game was really good, 22 for 142. But it's just like... To me, it's the play calling and just the scrappiness of Malcolm Perry that just gets me week in and week out. I look at him and I'm like, how is this kid doing this? Um, so big props to him. I, I think it's a great all-around win. Um, I think one of the toughest things to do is get ahead the way that they did and then maintain that lead and actually pull the game out. Yeah, and, and to your point about the offensive line, I mean, it's it's getting to be not even close between it's Navy, Air Force, and then kind of everybody else, you know, in the rushing yards per game um, type stat and just kind of how similar they are. Um, you know, with 5.8, 5.4 yards per carry, but, you know, respectively for Navy and Air Force and 31 touchdowns for Air Force, 29 for Navy. Air Force has played one more game, but um, it just is kind of similar production as well. And and I think your Malcolm Perry point is actually really good too because you look at the stats and, I mean, he had, he had significant, you know, rushing yards on the day, 142 um, on 22 carries. And, and you know, maybe you're like, uh, you know, but two for seven passing with the touchdown and the interception. Um, and doesn't jump out at you, but when they needed him, I mean, they, they, they put the ball in his hands those last, you know, two dri- two possessions. When we needed that touchdown drive, he had a huge 38-yard run that set up the 15-yard run for Carruthers. But then that last drive to set up the field goal, it was nothing but Malcolm Perry keeping the ball. Like, however many runs it was, like six runs, all Malcolm Perry. Um, and so, similar to the Air Force game of, like, the ball is in his hands, he's driving down, he's making plays when they needed him. So, yeah, I mean, hats off to him, too. Yeah, it, sure. and it's just like just the one last comment on Malcolm Perry. Uh, it, how many teams rely so heavily on their on their star players playing a perfect game? You know, uh, I mean, you look maybe even like Clemson. Like if Trevor Lawrence has a really off night or doesn't have a great stat line, 
Like it could be potentially a tough game. And I think the way that Air Force or the way that Navy does it is like they don't need Malcolm Perry to have a perfect game. They don't need him to go eight for eight on passing and get eight yards every single run. But it's just that clutch performance and spreading the ball out and the play calling. And I think that their their coaching staff and their offensive coordinator and especially defensive coordinator, obviously, are just really, really something special. So Yeah, absolutely. Any other final thoughts on on Navy before we take a break? All right, we'll catch everybody back on the other side of this commercial break. Uh, we're going to talk the Air Force-Utah State game, which Scott kind of led us into comparing Navy and Air Force. And then we'll talk uh, really quickly Navy-Yukon, and then Air Force-Army will be the, the majority of the rest of our conversation. All right, welcome back to the Against the Enemies podcast. We're going to talk Air Force, and we're going to give Scott a chance to uh, give Jake Conkey some – is that how you say it, Conkey? Yeah. Conky some love uh, for Air Force, and we'll talk uh, our little CIC MVP quarrel we're having right now uh, on our Slack chat with Against All Enemies, and then we'll get to Air Force Army. So, uh, so Air Force, uh, you welcomed Utah State to Colorado Springs for a whiteout in honor of Aurora, uh, the the Falcon, the Falcons mascot Falcon that that passed away uh, earlier um, this season, and uh, apparently you know Mother Nature helped out as well, blanketing the Rockies from what I understand with some snow and. Um, so, so it was the late kickoff once again for second week in a row. And so uh, I did not catch all of the game. I did watch some of it. Um, uh, but you know, it, it just, a, a really dominant performance from air force, um, uh, across the board, it took the offense a little bit to get going. Um, but they really contained Jordan love for Utah state who, you know, came into the season as a, you know, top four or five quarterback selection prospect in next year's draft um you know potential and and i mean they really did i I felt like um just dominate this game in a lot of ways and and to be honest it seems like it's getting like more and more dominant each week you know over the last three weeks which i would personally argue and i'd actually be curious scott's take on this um after he breaks the game down for us or maybe before you know the last after the navy game the last three games have been fresno state hawaii and utah state and i would say that's like incrementally um better teams in the conference and incrementally more dominant Air Force team each week uh, as they face that opposition. So I don't know your thoughts on that, and then if you want to kind of break down the game for us. Yeah, I would say that in some ways this is the toughest stretch of our schedule. Obviously, um, anybody would argue that the stretch where we played um, Colorado and then Boise and then Boise and then Navy was the toughest because we came away with two losses in that, um, and one of those had to go to overtime, but. This was just a delicious team win. That's really the only way I can say it. I yeah. mean, um, I didn't know exactly what to expect coming into this game. I was really high, if anybody remembers, on uh, Jordan Love. Uh, I think he's a great quarterback. I think he's a great talent. And we saw a little bit of that, like a tiny, tiny bit. Um, and actually, six NFL scouts came to watch him play. And they only possessed the ball for for 14 minutes and 17 seconds. So not a whole lot they got to see out of him. But maybe some of those NFL scouts got a chance to take a look at at Air Force players. So like I said, Air Force controlled the ball for 45 minutes and 43 seconds. Uh, Some other team stats, rushing 448 yards, um, 30 first downs, 10 for 13 on third down. Uh, Like you said, a little bit of a slow start. We kind of had some gifts that we gave to Utah State. On the first three drives, um, two punaways, and then one where Gerard Sanders, who is a, has been just one of the most shorthanded guys on our team, 
actually just kind of tossed the ball away. I don't know if he got his elbow nicked or something like that. Um, but then after that, we really just settled in in the second quarter, put up 17 points in the second quarter, and then um, seven points in the third and seven points in the fourth quarter. So, um, I mean, it was just like, it really, it was the calmest I've ever been watching an Air Force game. It was just complete and total domination. We had the ball. Um, you could see Duvall Jackson running extremely well. You could see Cade Remsburg running really well. Um, Donald Hammond was playing fine. Uh, it, it was just good. And then on defense, DeMonte Meeks had an incredible game. He had eight tackles uh, total, and he was just making a ton of noise in the backfield. Mo Fafita was getting in there. Just all the usual suspects. Um, and especially because, like I said, the caliber of Jordan Love and what he's really been capable of um, – being able to shut him down and kind of manage that, manage some of his passes. He had one pass over the shoulder down the sideline um, in a matchup with Trey Bug and their and their number one receiver. Um, that was just an incredible pass. So we saw those little like kind of streaks of greatness. And then um, Jake Conkey was able to hit a 57-yarder with the wind at his back, granted, but it was the sixth longest field goal in Air Force history. Um, and so that's been really cool to see. It, it was cool to see him because it's like, we have been playing so well that it's like he's not clutch necessarily because we haven't needed him to be. Uh, he was clutching against Colorado, but we haven't really needed him to be clutch, but it's still awesome seeing him get a little bit of shine. So overall, um, just really, really happy with where we're at uh, at this point. There's a couple games that I'd like to get back. Um, like I said, I'm not going to walk back my comments, but I think if I think if Air Force and Navy were to play again in, in some kind of weird situation, maybe like divisions in the NFL or something, um, I think Air Force would have a, a really good shot. And I, I would even love to have another crack at Boise State. I don't think that that game was super definitive uh, with how that turned out. So overall, just pretty happy going into Army. And it was it was a great win against a team that didn't look very tough, but actually is pretty difficult to play. Yeah, so so would you agree with my assessment or or, or... – you can counter that, but the, the last three weeks you've played Fresno State, Hawaii, and Utah State, and that each one is kind of a little bit better than the previous, and that Air Force has been a little more dominant each week. I would. I think the games have been really different. Um, I think I think Fresno State was a team that by the time we were playing them, we thought they were going to be a little bit tougher than they were. Time has kind of proven that they're not that great. I think they lost this week. Um, and then... Obviously, last week against Hawaii, that was just a really interesting situation with Mike Schmidt getting in there. And like I said, it, as much as I want to just give all the accolades to Air Force and say that we're an incredible team and that was just like showing, I mean, obviously it's it's really difficult to figure out a guy like Mike Schmidt who has a completely different style even, even when running the option. Um, it's difficult to figure him out when you have no film on him. So, um, yes, I would agree. Um, and I think we do have some momentum as a team. But I don't know if it's going to necessarily be an upward trend in dominance, at least going into this week. Like, I don't think it's going to tell us much um, about how we're going to play against Army. And then, obviously, like I said, those last three games are kind of a downswing when we play um, Colorado State and New Mexico and Wyoming. So, yeah. Um, so CSC MVP, we do that each week on the site, on our blog, um, against And that's just our way to kind of like give the service Academy athletes some love between all three teams. And, uh, because we're not a single team blog, um, we don't have to just do player of the game for, you know, our team or whatever. We can kind of look across three teams, makes it a little more competitive, um, to pick, uh, you know, kind of who, who stole the show. 
Um, and so going into this week, uh, I, I mean, I joked about it after Carruthers' third touchdown, of, of which he still had not been touched. Um, so aside from yards after contact, really just lacking for him um, going into you know the, the second quarter of the game this week. I mean, he'd already had, he already had three touchdowns and like 130 rushing yards and a receiving touchdown. Um, you know that, that it was pretty much wrapped up. Um, and I said that jokingly, but uh, but obviously, you know, we so we let Gavin, uh, one of our Navy contributors, write um, the CIC MVP this week. Um, Austin was going to take it, then get, then Gavin took it, uh, and he, uh, you know, we, we gave it. He gave it to Crothers with a nod to Nichols, and he said that's what he was going to do basically. Um, and Scott interjected as our lone Air Force guy and said, you know, hey, I know I'm going to be outnumbered here, but I'd like to give Conkey some love. So here's your chance to give Conkey some love um, because Gavin. Did not. Uh, he gave it to Carruthers with a nod to Nichols, just like he said he was going to do. Um, yeah. I mean, I was flummoxed when I saw it. Is the only <laughs> way that I would say it. Um, Addiction here. I love it. And I don't want to. I mean, like obviously we're we're an AAE family, and I think one of the hardest things to do is really break down those barriers of like literally. I, I don't. I don't think people quite understand the rivalry. Like there is. I don't want to call it hate because I think all the academies respect each other, but I hated Navy football and I hated Army football when they would come um, to Colorado Springs and I would stand on the sidelines and I just see the players and I'm like, I hate these guys. Like I legitimately do during that football game. Uh, and so really getting past that and saying like, okay, you know, being objective and saying we are a service academy blog, not just an Air Force blog or Navy or Army. Um, so it was tough. And I mean, I don't like, obviously it's a good thing and I don't want to, say that it's not legitimate or it's not valid but it's like yeah i was completely outnumbered and to me it came across like just reading it like it came across like he didn't watch the air force game at all it looked like literally a second navy recap and that's understandable and that's maybe another point too that we can kind of make just a blanket point about air force football in general um there was some controversy about playing this game so late and the reason why was because we wanted to get it on espn too and Nathan Pine was going back and forth with some folks on Twitter who had some gripes about it. But it's kind of like, look at what we've been doing in the past. Well, we'll play these daytime games at noon kickoffs or at 3 o'clock. Um, and then they're on the stadium network or on Facebook or whatever it is. Um, and they're just completely inaccessible games. But to me, when we're an online publication, I just feel like it needs to be spread out a little bit more. And the thing that was really a dagger to me was giving Bijan props um, for a 48-yarder when... Jake Conkey hit a 57-yarder, and I was just kind of like questioning it, saying, well, so just because we weren't going to lose the game like Navy was, like that makes us all of a sudden out of the running. And then it kind of goes back to during the Colorado game when um, Navy was playing a cupcake in ECU, and Malcolm Perry had three touchdowns, and we just gave it to him and completely ignored that. But once again, going back to that, that game was on the Pac-12 network. So I'm not even sure that if our contributor who wrote that article was able to watch that game. So I don't know. I think maybe we should rethink how we do it because clearly this week it was seriously just a second Navy recap. It wasn't giving it to him. And, and I mean, you can kind of question like who we could who we could put in. We could put in, I think we could have picked a mid out of the stands and had him with that offensive line run the exact same way that Carruthers did and score three touchdowns. That's just my opinion on that. But... Um, <laughs> So we gotta give Carter some love, right? I mean, that was, I mean, he's that. I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. I told you. I mean, he was, he was great. But I mean, was that an MVP performance? I don't know. I think it was a team win. You want to give anybody? You want to give Navy a team win? Give it to Brian Newberry. Like, I'll, uh, I'll give him the MVP. So. He's, he's ineligible. So uh, yeah. So I just want to say, um, 
it seemed to me like those giving those MVPs to those guys, it was more about the storyline and less about the performance. The storyline that oh Crothers, this is what his like second start or something, or is like his only his third game even taking carries, and the fact that Bijan's a freshman, like that's great for ESPN thirty for thirty. But we're talking about MVP here, and it's like I think that should be for, I mean, just Conkey was the MVP team. of the Air Force game. I'm just saying, it, like I said, it's a dagger and because you want to tell academies. me. This is you want to you want to tell me. I mean, you want to tell me that it's like oh this kid this freshman from navy gets it because or gets an honorable mention because he makes a 48 yarder when we have a guy making 10 more yards and they're both worth three points so i mean maybe they're the clutchness like i said completely different situation was my unofficial mvp when you guys lost to navy because he's the only reason that y'all put points on the board i will say that and his career yeah. high at that time was 49 year, 49 uh, yard field goal so i was i yeah. was looking out for him in weeks ago so you know he I feel like I don't know if I would say MVP, but I feel like maybe I said catch. mention. I said mention. Okay. Yeah, I, Demonte, maybe we can do an Demonte honorable Meeks. mention. Austin, <laughs> you get a rebuttal here. I, I mean, I, I'm there's a good chance if any service academy player scores four touchdowns any given weekend, I'm gonna vote for that player to be MVP. We can get in the semantics of whether the O line set him up or if it was a receiver that scores four touchdowns and oh, what beautiful pass by the quarterback. Whatever you want to argue is fine. But if someone scores four touchdowns, they're probably going to get my vote every week. I mean, okay, that's so, and that's did fair. Did we start but off by we, voting this? Maybe we need to bring that. Let's. So, <laughs> yeah, so it's a first, vote. So where... first off, first off, we're going. We we need to. I think definitely implement on the honorable mention side that it's uh, at least one person from each team, if possible. I tried to go back to the army game this week. It would have been really hard to find somebody. Um, <laughs> but two weeks ago, I gave it to Cole Christensen um, on defense because he did have a really good game. Um, and I've tried to do that when I when I write it. So maybe that's just that's on me as site manager. Maybe we need to implement that. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and just move. I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and say you're wrong, Scott, and move Carruthers into the MVP um, slot. But I will give the I will allow the debate to continue on Nichols versus Conkey uh, yeah. because I think I mean, but but my only question then is how is it how is it like I don't think that's fair because it's punishing Air Force for having so much depth at the running back position. Like Cade Remsburg punched in two <laughs> touchdowns. But his longest run was only 13 yards on 16 carries. Like Timothy Jackson only had one, but he had 148 yards on 25 carries. That I mean, that's I mean, it's obviously I mean, like kind Perry of a had 142 yards rushing. How many touchdowns? Yeah, He's not I mean zero. To be the MVP anymore. Zero. But he I mean, touchdown pass, so he did just as much too. as Timothy Jackson did. Like, I mean, Timothy Jackson's great, by the way. Like, he should have been utilized a lot more early on in the year. He's been. A great addition. I, don't, I guess it's not an addition, but in the coaching staff, figuring out a way for him to get involved has been nothing short of impressive. Like we talk about giving Brian Newberry a tip to the hat, whatever. Like I'll give Troy Calhoun some credit there uh, because they figured out a way to get him involved, and he's he's been a huge asset for uh, a huge reason for why Air Force has been able to be productive. Is just running up the middle, hundred what three games in a row now, over hundred yards. I mean, yeah, and my so my the numbers, he's got Malcolm Perry numbers this week. I hope you understand that my gripe is not that my gripe is not that Carruthers won at all. Like, yeah, that that was a great performance. I'll I'll give that to him. My gripe is that no one from Air Force or Army even got mentioned at all. And yeah, like you said, there's no one on Army that you could really give it to. I don't know, maybe the Water Boy or something. But those are those are fair points. The fact that it wasn't even mentioned, it was a Navy recap. It's not a CIC anything. I'll take that. Like I said, I'll take that on as. That's not a dig at Gavin either. That's just needs to. We needed to have established some kind of, hey, like, and, and that's a good like. We are a three service academy blog, and so we need to 
um, make sure that we're giving like a tip of the cap to, to somebody mm-hmm. on every team if possible. If you know if there's somebody worthy of getting an honorable mention, um, you know, each week for sure, even if we don't give them the MVP. So yeah, well, I mean, that, you, yeah. Scott, you even mentioned how you know you used to hate when Army and Air Force would come to Colorado Springs and that feeling, and I'm, I would agree. Like it's when I was at the academy, there was definitely this disdain for army and air force like all the time and i feel like that's because we don't get to experience real college so you know alabama auburn lsu whatever you want to call it like florida georgia like there's always those kind of games where you kind of mock your peers at a rival school we can't do that on a weekend week basis because you're supposed to be obviously above that but then since you already know you respect everyone across the other side for Army, Air Force, and Navy. Like, I feel like for that one day or that one week, you can kind of just let it go and be a college, like, fan. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So then when I think you take a step back and see what we're doing, we're a super small market. Like, against all enemies, trying to uh, cater to all three teams is not is probably a, a harder market than just kind of saying just Army, just Air Force, or just Navy. And it's I've grown, like, even through doing this the last couple of years to be more supportive of our army and air force. Like I want, I want all of them to do well. Like I really do. And I don't know if I really felt that way as a midshipman. You know what I'm saying? hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we're going to take a break cause uh, we've been going for a while now. And on the other side of this, we'll talk, um, well, I'll get any thoughts Austin has really quickly on Yukon Navy. Uh, hopefully doesn't need to be talked about too much, although they are an improved team in the last few weeks since they've switched quarterbacks. Um, like Austin mentioned before we came on the air. Uh, and then we will talk, uh, Army Air Force, the the big game this week for sure, um, and at a so we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Against the Enemies podcast. We just got done with a lively debate about CIC MVP for this past week, uh, and Scott has a valid point uh, for a six and two football team with some big wins, including I think Scott made a big point about the week that um, Air Force beat Colorado. They didn't didn't have a CIC MVP. That was the Malcolm Perry ECU game, right? Am I right on that? Yeah, um, and so. Yeah, I mean, perhaps uh, perhaps we should reevaluate some some of that, but uh, I definitely have tried, at least when I'm writing, to, to give the nod to uh, – actually, the two times I've wrote this year, I gave it to an Army player and an Air Force player. So there you go. Uh, I'm well, it's, much, it's so. tough for me to try and plead my case this week because I think I can concede that Carruthers actually did deserve it. But Yeah. All right. Um, but before we talk Army Air Force, that's the big game. I just want to give Austin a chance. We, we do have Navy traveling to UConn. For a Friday night game, um, during 12 weeks, I believe, I believe it's 12 weeks this week, um, at, the, at the Academy, which it was six-week exams, ex- sorry, exams, uh, for those maybe not familiar with what I'm saying there, um, the second exam period of the, of the semester for the mids, um, the first one happened to be on the Memphis game week, which was a Thursday night game, and so um, I, I don't I think anybody's going to say this is going to be like a, we expect a super close game per se, and I could be wrong, but any thoughts on the UConn-Navy game on Friday night? I I don't know why, because it's a fan of me. I'm always, like, worried. <laughs> and so as I do a little bit more reading before this game, I'm like, oh, man, this better not be the game that Navy doesn't show up for, you know what I mean, and, and drops the ball or whatever. But UConn's bad. Like, I think UConn's offense has gotten better, and I think that's with uh, the freshman quarterback they've gone to, uh, uh, was it Jack Zergiotis? He's had two games back-to-back with a 24-17 loss to Houston and a 56-35 win um, this past weekend over UMass. So obviously not like an impressive opponent by any means, but two games where he's done pretty well. Uh, and, and actually the last game was uh, Kevin Minsa running back scored five touchdowns on the ground. So 
they do have ability at offense when they play against 11 people on the other side of the field, right? So, I mean, uh, I don't want to give UMass any much more credit than that, but they are able to put something together. So they can score points, but I feel like they're going to almost have to play like a flaw. UConn would have to play like a flawless game on the offensive side because their defense is just not showing up. It's, yeah, it's and, still really, really bad. And Navy's been able to offense this year offensively has been able to get things going right and you look back at what navy's done defensively you have to like navy's ability to get say three stops in this game and that's that should probably do it like um there are the other things the friday night game makes it interesting sure the 12 weeks part yeah i I hear you on all those things um but navy's a 20 what's the what is it a 27 point favorite right now yeah when was last time Navy, a non-FCS game, when was last time Navy yeah. was you know, that no, big of a favorite? I, and they shouldn't be. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, UConn should be recruiting different athletes than Navy's recruiting. Like, that's mm-hmm. what everyone always, everyone always says. So to be yeah. 27 points is just crazy to me. That's crazy. But here yeah, we are. I mean, UConn's got a field goal win over Wagner, and then, yeah, they blew out UMass, who might be the worst FBS team um, <laughs> this season. They've got a good shot at that, that claim, I feel like. Um, so it shouldn't be. You know, we should, it should be a comfortable win. And to your point, the way the defense is played, like if it was like defense of, you know, last year or something like that, and then you'd be like, okay, they're going to score some points. You never know what can happen yeah. if the game's Could close. Could be 50-50. <laughs> yeah, type thing. But the way the defense is played all season, I feel comfortable that um, even if the offense is take, get, you know, needs to get into a groove or there's a turnover or two, um, the, the Navy's still going to comfortably win this game. Um, so unless Scott or Kayla has any other thoughts on Navy UConn, I doubt you do. But if you do, feel free to share them. Not after seeing this past weekend's recap. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm hoping to be watching that game live at uh, the same time as the recording yeah. for Shutdown Fullcast. Shutdown so Fullcast live show yeah. in Jacksonville. So Austin will be there. Joe's going to be at Army Air Force. Um, it's going to be a good weekend for us. Yeah. So Navy UConn shouldn't be, you know. Navy should move to to seven and one, we believe. And Army or Army Austin made the point um, that Navy seems to always have that one game. Last year, you'd probably say it was the Cincinnati game, right? Um, just a complete, just didn't show up to the football game, and it always just feels like there's one of those. I don't think this is gonna be it. I'm already like dreading Thanksgiving weekend and the Houston game. I don't know why Houston seems to be improving. That's another conversation for another day. But I just in my gut feel like that's the game, yeah. um, and that's another conversation for another day. But. All right, so we expect Navy to be 7-1 and one going into a stretch that includes Notre Dame, SMU, and Houston. Um, so that's going to be a huge three-game stretch after this game. Not, not that we're overlooking UConn, but all right, Army, Air Force. Let's spend the rest of our time talking about that showdown. So Air Force is welcoming uh, Army to Colorado Springs. We've already gone over Army's kind of, you know, where they stand now, 3-5. and five. Air Force continues to get better, it seems like, week after week. Now it's six and two, bowl eligibility wrapped up, um, and you know Scott can can speak for the Falcons, and then obviously we'll let Kayla have her say on Army. But um, two years ago, Army went to Colorado and shut out Air Force, um, and so I believe that there is absolutely um, some some vengeance, some revenge on on uh, on Air Force's mind, um, and the fact they already lost the Navy this year and trying to salvage that one and one split in the CIC race, and just. My opinion, uh, Air Force looks like a much better football team uh, at this point. So, um, yeah, uh, actually, before I let the two of you duke it out, Austin, do you have any thoughts on on this? Because you'd be the other kind of, I guess, I suppose, unbiased party in this. 
Yeah, well, even if you look at the the last month, I feel like these are two programs going in opposite directions. And obviously, it's, it's easy to say that with the results. But even when you when you watch what's happening, like we've already mentioned it many a t- many times, Army's not as efficient as they were. They've never been in control. Every position possession seems like it's a challenge. Like it's it's a success, you know, to get in the end zone, and it's 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 much more workmanship uh, mentality than it was. I feel like last year in twenty eighteen. And now Air Force is looking like, you've mentioned the last three weeks, more dominating performance, but they're also playing loose, playing fun, executing. Um, even Donald Hammond, when I was watching that game uh, against Utah State, was laughing before, uh, I think it was right before a touchdown run that he had, like at the five-yard, or maybe I don't remember it was, I don't remember who scored it now, but they were even talking about it. They're like, oh, look at Hammond out there. He's laughing, having a good old time. And it's true, and it seems like they're just in a very good place. And this game is in Colorado Springs, and I think – I may have given Army the nod when we did the preseason um, to this one, but yeah, I like Air Force. I know it's Air Force is a fourteen and a half point favorite right now, which is also crazy. Um, but yeah. it, this for game a, for a CIC game that is yeah. that might as well be twenty eight points in a CIC um, matchup for sure. Uh, yeah, I would agree, and so I, and it, it wouldn't shock me for Air Force to to cover that. So yeah. I, I would agree with that too. Um, actually, I'm gonna let Kayla. Kayla, why don't you uh, let's defend Army a little bit? And and you gotta be. I, I don't want. I don't want negative Nancy. So uh, or you know Debbie yeah. Downer. I, I want you to convince me um, that that Army is going is gonna go to Colorado Springs and um, pull this game out and and get back. You know, get to four and five and get you know much feeling much better about their chances of getting a bowl eligibility. I am trying to convince myself at this point, but. I mean, regardless, I. It's tough because, you know, we already mentioned, like, and I, I had said this before that I'm not seeing like a complete army team, but like they have, I believe, like in my heart, all the talent, all the athleticism to take on this Air Force team, regardless of how well that y'all have improved, um, and regardless of how well the schedule is set up and all that other stuff, and I, I think that, um, you know, if nothing else watching this team and seeing their reactions from these losses, you know, watching um, Coach Bunkins, like, press conferences and just seeing how down this team is. Um, if nothing else, and they should just want to, like, go to Colorado Springs and just on sheer victory of, of having to kind of, like, bring um, a win back home because then they're going to go right back home after this and they need to win this game. I think they can. I think the only struggle, of course, is um, not knowing who's going to be healthy, who's not going to be healthy, like, who's going to be playing – um, you know, we've seen kind of peaks at both, um, you know, Navy's uh, a secondary and younger guys and all of a sudden like Mike Schmidt comes out of nowhere. Like he's this like genie and all of a sudden like everyone is excited about this guy who we've never seen before. Um, and I think in that kind of way, you haven't been able to see that thing with um, that kind of particular, you know, positive surprise um, with Army on the secondary and kind of the younger guys. But I, I still think that like they just have to put together this like this full team, like we've been seeing, like it's, it's not, I think totally out of the way, um, you know, to beat this air force team in terms of, you know, statistics of, you know, looking at, for example, last, you know, week's game against air force, um, or excuse me, against Utah state. It's not like they're far stretch ahead, you know, behind whether it's, you know, you know, converting on third down, going two for two on fourth down, um, you know, matching air force in the rushing yardage like it's not that they're far apart i i just feel like they really need to kind of put their heart on the line because i think that's going to be the contributing factor especially traveling after coming off um you know 
the loss of like three games, then going home, then losing, and then going back to Colorado Springs. Like they just they don't have another option at this point, which I know doesn't really sound positive, but it's just like there's like what what can you do? What can you do? Yeah, I mean, if they lose this game, they have to win out to get to a bowl game. Right. Um, this is all we've so got. This is it. This is uh, this is huge. If that's still, you know, you believe that that's still a possibility for Army, and and certainly you can make a case for that. But I mean, this we, we are we asked must win going into this game, and I believe our poll was pretty pretty strongly in favor of that, right, Austin? That that San Jose State was a must win. Um, well, if that's now a loss, then it's like ninety percent or something. Yeah, this is absolutely a must-win if you're talking Army. So from that perspective, of uh, of just kind of uh, you know nothing to lose but 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 everything to gain type thing towards getting back in the hunt for bowl eligibility. Air Force already has that wrapped up. This game has no conference implications for Air Force or Army. Obviously, um, Air Force can't bring the CIC to Colorado Springs. Like there is a little bit of that, but once again, I, I personally think that this kind of, you know what happened two years ago out there is, is a factor. Um, but I, I think that's a good point, Kayla. All right, Scott, it's your chance. Tell us why Air Force is just going to mollywop Army. Yeah, I mean, you want to look at the first point of comparison. That, And some people say this doesn't matter, but in terms of how close these teams are margin-wise, margin I mean, Army lost 34-29 to to a team that Air Force beat 41-24 yeah. in San Jose State. I mean, that's, that's yeah. one kind of point of comparison. Um, you want to bring back the other point of, like, Maybe Arby is going to come out there on sheer will um, and win because they need to. Well, they needed to beat Michigan to bring back that Power Five win. They needed to win games to keep their their what multi year home streak, uh, yep. home game win streak alive. Um, now they needed it to turn their season around against easy teams like Georgia State, who's improved, but I mean they're still a Sun Belt team. Um, and they just haven't been able to do it. In fact, I think that sheer will is the thing that they don't need to do because that's what they've been trying to do to win games. They've got to get back to their basics. They've got to get disciplined, and they've got to just run the offense that um, that they that they came up with when Jeff Munkin first came in there. So um, another thing that I want to talk about that's kind of an intangible, um, I don't know if you know this or not, Army is cursed as well um, <laughs> unfortunately so oh my a little history lesson for you last year uh, a few cadets stole aurora um mercilessly mercilessly abused her threw her in a dog kennel um if i don't know if you know much about gear falcons but they can't be treated like that um unfortunately she succumbed to her injuries uh less than a year later and has now passed away um we officially had our memorial game this weekend against utah state but the real uh, memorial game is going to be against Army, the teams, um, the team that has blood on their hands, really. So, oh my God. I think this is going to be a complete <laughs> dismantling. Um, I would say that there's really nothing that Army can bring, especially with their rotation of quarterback injuries, uncertainty, kind of eating themselves with those penalties last game. I think it's going to be a painful, painful loss. Now, that's 60%. I say that with about 60% confidence. My 40% confidence is also in the fact that this is a service academy game, and if there's anyone who knows how to take it to Air Force, it's going to be Army, just like Navy does. So, um, yeah, we have the home field advantage, but guess what? We got blank two years ago um, when Air Force also had a really good team. So I think that that's a factor, too. Um, you want to talk about the scout, the scout team offense and defense for the week? That These are all guys who were recruited to run the option. Um, so if anybody's going to be prepared for Air Force... Uh, I think it's going to be a service academy. So 
Another part of me says that this is the week that they can pull it together. And if you do look at some of those statistics that they have, they're the one that Air Force really um, outmatches Army on is the yards for, so the yards gain that we have um, total. We have we edge out Army by about 100 yards, but yards allowed, that kind of thing, they're pretty close. So I, I will say that I can see it either just being an absolute dismantling, but I can also see it being a pretty close game um, that would turn into a toss-up. But I don't, I don't think there's any way that Army just gets ahead and blanks Air Force like they did a couple years ago at home. So... Um, I'm excited for it, and, and one last thing that I will say is Kayla talked about the sheer will of wanting to win. I think Air Force is now more in the what-do-we-have-to-lose kind of thing. We can't win the CIC, so we don't have that looming over our heads. All that we have now is we're playing for a better bowl game and potentially a national ranking. Yeah, and that's a good point. I mean, they're right there on the on the cusp, and you know, after this game, I mean, who do you guys got? It kind of slows down, right, a little bit. I don't. It does, and, and one anymore, thing but. that was pretty interesting, and obviously, like I would say that you would obviously look to make the comparison between um, Navy and Air Force when it comes to the rankings. So Navy has votes; they're currently twenty seventh in the AP poll uh, for votes. But the comparison that I would make it to is San Diego State, which I thought was really yeah. interesting. They have a lone loss to Utah, to Utah State, State. and they haven't beat anybody like. Bad. Yeah, like they've been no, one the, score games. Their, their most quality win was against UCLA, um, who hasn't been playing great this season. So um, I, I think that's another point is that Air Force can move towards that. Um, and like I said, not controlling their destiny in the Mountain West right now. I, it doesn't even look like it's going to be that way. But still, um, they're, they've taken down the toughest part of their schedule. And now it's after this Army game, it's really going to be all downhill. So I think for Air Force, it's going to be a lot of like, what do we have to lose? Let's leave it all out on the field. Yeah, no, I think that's a good point, and I actually completely agree with you that I don't like the all the options in my mind are. I actually see a very similar score as last week for Air Force, like a thirty-one-seven type game. Um, uh, is like that's what my heart says, my head says, just like you. Like uh, this is a C- this is a CIC game, this is a Service Academy game. They're always they're you know usually not lopsided like that. Army keeps it close, um, and it's kind of a toss-up, and I still give the edge to Air Force and. Um, could you know, but but can obviously I can see Army you know finding a way to pull it out if if things just don't go the right way. But I do not see um, a blowout for Army at all. So I, I actually agree with that assessment, pretty spot on. Um, Kaylee, you got any any final any final things you want to throw out there? No, I'm I'm ready for the weekend. Like I'm not even. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at this point. and I, I I'm super excited. Honestly, like I don't the Navy UConn game does not really excite me. Um, outside of like I'm obviously hoping. You know, big win for Navy, get to seven and one, and just keep the momentum going into a really good three-game stretch. And so maybe I am overlooking UConn. Maybe I'll just admit that a little bit. Um, admit it. But, admit it. Like, yeah, look, man, I, I want to be seven and one too, but we got to get there first. Come on. Yeah, not like, no, not I, like we do anything about it. I know, but but <laughs> maybe I am. In my mind, maybe I am. I am a little bit because that because that three-game stretch is like, I mean, that's it. Like, that's going to be so it's good. Um, and and but what, the point I was trying to make is it's a Friday night game for Navy, so that game's out of the way. Um, so I, I'm really excited um for for the game on saturday just because like that's the only game we really have to focus on on saturday here at aae um because navy will be done you know be done and be seven one hopefully at that point um so it, it should be a really really good game i'm excited for joe to be there and, and uh the the unbiased fan of me hopes that it's a close game that it's not a blowout fair force um so I, I mean do you, you agree with that Austin? i do yeah i hope it's a good game yeah uh, and, I, and I think there's a, a very good chance of, of it being a good game. And, and 
Um, you know, we we continue to have said like Army, like Austin said earlier, that, that Army is going to turn it around at some point. And Scott just said that too. That like you still think like they have a chance of turn because they've been in every game. I, I will say that every week, even if I have to, until December. Yeah, um, <laughs> and and I and I mean the the fan in us, the paranoid Navy fan in us, would say that all the way through the season, right? We're going to say mm-hmm. that on December fourteenth or whatever the date is. Um, that even if they're three, they won't be because they're going to beat VMI and they, they're going to beat UMass. So you know, but even if they were three and nine going into that game that oh this is the game where they they turn it around on the last game type thing so um we definitely still believe in army's team like like kayla said and, and the talent they have um so hopefully it's a good game any, any last words for you scott r.i.p aurora uh yeah this is this is the aurora game the real aurora game yeah it is um has it yeah, been proven aurora. that this was army's fault like did i miss something i mean i i know about you know the abuse and everything but like was her death like yeah. directly connected yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, so she lived. She uh, passed she was away older, at, right? a, yeah. at about the at about the age that uh, yeah. Falcons lived to. But I would say that yeah, she she probably could have gone another twenty thirty years without like the. Mental <laughs> but it could have been old age. So, I'm not superstitious. No, it it I mean, definitely it definitely was old age. But there's no chance it was old age. <laughs> <laughs> say what you just said again. So, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what Scott's really Aurora saying is was like, immortal until then. Well, yeah. they 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 did the memorial game intentionally the game before Army, right? Like this is a complete. I mean, I, I, I'm now we're you know reading into things a little bit, but this is like this was intentional, right? You're doing it the whiteout game, the game before Army, because everybody knows, Air Force wise, what the real memorial game is, and you're kind of doing it right before on purpose because they they couldn't, from a PR perspective, probably call the Aurora whiteout game the Army game because of what happened, right? Like that just wouldn't that would have been in bad taste, uh, kosher or whatever. So I would have so, loved so, it. I, I know, but like. Nathan Pine There's couldn't no do it. Way. Like, that couldn't they be a go. thing. That couldn't be a thing. Um, so you do it. You go ahead and like get it out of mm-hmm. the way, and then you, everybody knows what the real like Aurora game is, right, Scott? So yeah, uh, yeah. So it, it's gonna be a good weekend. We're excited. Uh, and, what are and, what are and, our picks? Uh, it's a, I mean, anybody going for UConn? No. No. <laughs> Great. Uh, all right. So uh, I'm going Air Force. What? I'll go Air Force. No, I'm going Air Force. Come on, I'm not crazy. <laughs> well, you might. Kayla, don't you. don't say Air Force. Don't do it. Yeah. Just don't. don't do it. Just no, say Army. Not. If you do, just if you do, no, no, we'll no, no, no. no. Of course, I've said this. Like, I will say go Army until like we're ending this whole season. Like, I'm just, I just felt like I had, you know, like a friend, someone, just one. Oh no, a joke could be yeah. on us in a week, man. Who knows? It's okay. Yeah, By us, be... I mean mostly Scott, but he's all I've got. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so you're gonna you just go ahead and say it. you didn't actually say it. You, you tried to avoid actually saying it there, so just go ahead and say it. you got Army winning this. Oh, game. definitely, yeah, Army's winning. Okay, all right, all right. So it's three to one in favor of Air Force this week, and that was not our preseason prediction. That I know. I know um, this is turned so, around. So yeah, um, so so it's uh, yeah. It, it we'll see what happens. Uh, thanks for joining us this week on the Against Army's podcast, and uh, we will be back for what I'm sure will be an eventful recap um, of that game next week and uh, it'll be good because uh, after that's navy and notre dame well they have a bye week right or no i don't bye. remember awesome bye. yeah there's a bye yeah okay that's what i thought um so maybe it won't be as good of a week because it's uh it's new mexico for air force uh and and umass wow. for army so <laughs> next week will actually be pretty uh pretty lame <laughs> so but we'll still be here and we'll still talk maybe we'll talk about some other sports yeah uh, or, or, or some other army or some other teams uh, besides our three teams or something. Maybe we'll 
get into a little FCS action or something. Who knows? Maybe we'll mix it up. So, um, TJ Fumagalli we'll just, just uh, set the the record for the most wins women's tennis. So, oh yeah, see. yeah, and they're up to like what? Like oh, that's the cross country cross country teams up to 14th in the country or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so there are other teams we could be shouting out. We probably should do a better job of that. So maybe we'll focus on that some next week um, with some, some pretty lame games on the football side. So we'll catch you all next week. Congratulations to the Navy midshipmen. Winners of the Commander in Chief's Trophy, the great Air Force Falcon.